you know, as I put my car in reverse, I thought to myself, man, this really takes me back. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> It's January 27th this time for another episode of Barely Standing, Pat of All Trades, Matt Tutti's Ghani, the Jackhammer, Mr. Jordan Schofield, and Nathan J. First of all, Nedge. Second of all, Matt, stop flexing on camera. You're not intimidating anybody. I'm not flexing at all. Yeah, actually, you are. So. Audio That's podcast. not a visual podcast. Matt has his hands <laughs> behind his head. I am not flexing. flexing. That's just how big my arms are normally. I think, honestly, if you, I think we, we've done enough episodes now where we could do like a bingo card. I think on the bingo card would be Jordan reminding us it's not a visual podcast. Pat, will you relax? It's not a visual podcast. <laughs> yeah, we get that man. at least once a week. Yeah. Oh, uh, update. Because we are recording on Monday night, uh, a quick update. I did have my hockey sticks in my car. Good for you. Credit to me. Feel good about that. Credit. We had you to know Panic that Panicky Pat, Panicky Pat was going to make his appearance <laughs> on a weird Sunday night recording. I did enjoy I did enjoy the, listening to the Tuesday episode over again and uh, hearing myself having that epiphany. That was enjoyable. I really liked that. Yeah, well. But, uh, we have a very special episode this week for you. Uh, in about a couple minutes, we're gonna we're gonna shoot the shit for a little bit, and then we're gonna have Dan from Container Brewing all the way from Vancouver, BC, with us to talk a little bit of beer, talk about a little bit of Container Brewing. It's a really great interview. We really enjoyed it. Dan's yeah, a really he, great guy. He's got he a traveled beer. all the way to Winnipeg yeah. on the internet, on site, yes. on site. And on if you're internet. if you're looking for Container beers, uh, only beer store I've been to, quality beer vendor. Has a crap load of them. So okay. if you like what you hear, that's the place you want to go. It was so weird talking to somebody that was from the past because it was like seven o'clock when we were talking to him. Oh my God, I didn't think of that. You, you just, know, he spent, you just he spent with my the mind. whole, he was appalled that we, because when I said seven, he's like, all right, so five my time. I'm like, oh no, 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 <laughs> no, no. I, I think about you, sir. Seven your time, nine our time works perfect with us. He's like, really? Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, that works. I guess I'll just I'll just sit on my couch and do it. I'm like, yeah, man, that's, that's what I was aiming for. We're just stay relaxed, you know? He actually gave us the GPS locations of all the beers, container beers in Winnipeg. Incredible. Got the front door. So that's, see, that's, I, I appreciate, I didn't ask him about this, but one day I just want a company to just let me behind the scenes and just like explain their business operation to me top to bottom. Uh, the one thing I did want to, before we get to the interview, I wanted to bring up, we talked about it in our group chat. Uh, it got poo-pooed by James, and I would like to confront James on this. I had possibly one of the greatest ideas in the history of mankind. I'm going to get, oh. To help save Winnipeg as a city right now. Because I have, my, yeah, there is no place to put snow anymore. So this was my big There's idea. lots of room. Uh, this was late at night. I had been playing video games, and I, I, an epiphany hit my brain. And I wanted to tell it to the world and James and Matt were like, no, that's stupid. So here's my idea. We have these big snow banks at, on the corners of streets right now. We have no place left to put the snow. There's nowhere to put it. So my idea is invest in very large heaters to melt the snow and then devise a, some sort of mechanism 
that brings the the, the melted snow through a it's pipe. Called water. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> through a pipe that is heated so it doesn't freeze. And oh. it brings all of this water into the sewer. Hence, no more big piles of snow, more places to put the new snow, yeah. less danger. I yeah. think I it's unreal. James, I would like you to explain to me why that's a bad idea. Money. Money. Between your brother and you, you would drive the world <laughs> into oh, ricochet incredible shots. inflation. Yeah, big time ricochet. <laughs> What, Mister? Just print more money. Print more money. That, that's logical. Because that's the only that's way you're going to afford this contraption that no, Pat is listen, coming up with. Pat, no, Pat's got this down. Pat, no pun intended. We already have the heaters. Yeah, the heaters exist, man. Yeah, the heater is in the sky. It's called the sun. The key yeah. is how do we get the Earth closer to the sun? See, my favorite part of all of this is. Pat, you were getting mad at myself and Matt for poo-pooing your idea. Meanwhile, Jordan was essentially mocking your idea. No, I, by no I'm not. <laughs> Jordan. No, I'm not. We have. How do I do get you the understand how many heaters we would need to execute this plan? Every day, look up. The heater's right there. The key, all we have to do is drop the ozone for like a minute, mm. and it'll just... Now, we all might die, but at the same yeah, time, the stove... Yeah, whatever. It's we great. sent... We sent Bruce Willis and Ben Affleck to an asteroid. Incredible documentary. And you're telling me we can't bring the sun closer or get very large heaters to melt snow? Now, okay, hold on. If Aerosmith (laughs) makes a title song, would that get us closer? Because I think that's a key part of this. Pat, Is Liv Tyler dead? No. No. Good. She's also (laughs) integral. Pat, I just had an idea that would, that brings your heater idea to fruition we have a season where we have heat and it melts the snow now we'll you're mocking it, me now you're mocking we'll call me. it yeah this I is mocking know. we'll call this it is mocking we'll call it heating matt <laughs> you mocking me right now when i have a million dollars look many of people yes you have a in our, that will cost in our families millions, possibly in our families many of people in our families listen to this every week and they want to hear these great ideas and they're here right now I mean, tell me I'm your wrong. definition of great idea and my definition of great idea are are probably probably I think, different. Uh, listen, we're very concerned about the heaters and all that kind of stuff. I think a much more cost effective measure here would be the farmers have been complaining about droughts for the last two years. Oh, they're gonna bitch so much this summer. Just come and take my snow and put it on your field. That, no, they're gonna they're gonna bitch. There's they gonna already come much. and take my apples. Why can't you come take my the snow? The farmers have to have something to bitch about. It's a part of farming. That's true. That's true. If you don't, if you don't bitch, you're not farming. Not a farming podcast. No. I, but well, I, to be fair, what? Uh, to be fair, Sim Twenty. To be fair, their their last time they complained, it was a good complaint. They were mad at how they were depicted in the show The Ranch, and I I feel that that was an all time. People watch, watch The Ranch. Show. I watched it for a little bit until that guy got canceled, and then the show was bad to begin with, so it got worse. Who Sam Elliott, who's now on 1883 and a hero? No, 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 no. Hi, Masterson, Matter Masterton. Yeah, he got canceled. He's he's bad dude. He's at least that show turned it around. What 1883? It was great. You're hate for 1883. Yeah, that one. That I mean that that girl's probably still narrating. On fire. She deserved what she got the last episode too. That's what you get for all that narrating. Wow. Look, guys, look, here's the deal. Uh, I was hoping Everybody, that was... everybody's getting ignore my girl on fire joke. Okay, cool. 
Yeah. Cool. Uh, I was going to, I was trying to find a good segue into the interview. I think it's, I think we're just going to go to it because it's way better than what we're talking about right now, except for my heaters idea. My heater idea is, is spot on money. Okay. Before you throw to the interview, before you throw to the interview, Pat. Yes. Did you figure out how to shovel your parking pad? Cause you said you had no more room. I said, open your gate. You said you couldn't open your gate. I now have, I have a follow-up question after you say if you were able to shovel your parking pad. Uh, no, I did not shovel my parking pad. So you just let it all pack down? Yes. Okay. Follow-up question. If you can't open the gate, how do you get to your cars? Do you walk all the way around? No, no. It opens enough so that we can squeeze through. Wow. Matt, a uh, question for you. With the amount of snow we've had and the very suspect um, city of Winnipeg plowing we've had this year. Yes. Do yes. you have any neighbors who've given up on half of their driveway? Yes. Me, as do I. My neighbor has so much ice build up because the, the, show, like the snow plows just shoved it onto their driveway and they can't physically lift it, that they have a, a double, like a double uh, garage door where only, but only half the driveway can physically have a car through, which is hilarious I mean, to look at. I'm not going to lie. If we get one more dump like the last one we did, I may have to do that because I, I also have nowhere to put the snow. Yeah. So it's I can't see my neighbor's house anymore. It's ridiculous. That Pat can segue to the bitterly cold temperatures that are in Vancouver. Currently. I also wish we had containers to put the snow in. Oh, oh, oh I see what you did there. there Pat, you're on a heater with these jokes. Hey, that being said, we're going to throw it now to our great interview with Dan from Container Brewing all the way in Vancouver, B.C. This is going to be fun to watch. All right. And we are here. We have another interview. I'm sure it's going to be one of our top 10 interviews. I think we've only had 10. But hey, Dan, <laughs> you're in the top 10. Congrats. So we're here Love with uh, Dan Webster from Container Brewing out in uh, Vancouver, BC. Uh, love the fact that your people reached out to us and got the ball rolling. Because which makes our lives them. way easier. <laughs> yeah, that was the best part. It was the first beer we taste from Container Brewing. James gives it like a pretty good score. And then you get someone on our, uh, I think it was Twitter, responded to us and goes, wow, three out of five? The hell, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> which is what we had a discussion. It was like, James, the next beer you do from Container Brewing, make sure it's a good one. <laughs> it was. Because <laughs> well, we like them. It almost well, kind of on us too, right? We gotta make sure giant. we got a good beer. And and as a reference, three <laughs> out of five is like of is like we would have it again. So Perfect. three out of five for some people is bad, but we try to scale it to like actually give a no, good up. Use the whole scoreboard, you know. You have zero to five. Got to use all of it. That's fair. But, uh, so my first question always with breweries because I'm always fascinated with names. How did Container Brewing come oh. to mind when you were starting this up? Now, that's a good question. And now you, you guys haven't been to the site to be able to see this and make the wrong presumption. We actually have shipping containers on our property. You can see the port from our property. So everyone assumes that's where it comes from. But we actually were incorporated even before we saw that property. Um, basically, my best friend since like grade three, he and I you know, decided to do this thing. And we spent some time actually going through a project, like one of those, what are we, who are you marketing things? And, uh, you know, we knew what kind of beer we wanted to produce. And, and by going through that, it really came out that our goal was to provide something for the, uh, the neighborhood that was kind of blue collar, kind of some of our beers would definitely be like an every man's beer. And then just started pulling words out of the air that, that sort of matched that. And containers, you think of shipping and, you know, opening those cans, which is a, another thing. We only put our product into cans. 
always fun stuff inside those sea cans when you open them up. Hopefully it's always fun stuff inside the beer can when you open it up. And it just matched. It just made sense. And then, you know, we thought a little bit harder and do, of course, some untapped Googles and all that kind of stuff. And, and it's not taken. We're like, all right, container is, 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 is a hard consonant level at the beginning. That's important. These are things we learned after the fact. Uh, it's also <laughs> multiple syllables. People like that. It's easy to remember. And then there's all kinds of things you can play with, right? So we just started working with that. And uh, that's really where it came from. Not a whole lot more than that, to be honest with you. Oh, but it's, it's so like because you're starting out because when when did you officially open was it i i dig some digging on your instagram like the first post was in 2018 yeah yeah so and there was a whole bunch of stuff we archived too because we did of course construction so um may of 18 is when we uh, officially were established and incorporated the company uh november 1st 2018 is when we took possession of the property and started deconstruction so you know that sort of goes back again to that blue collar stuff both terry and i and, and our, our founding brewer back then uh we were in there november i don't know seventh or something like that like a week in just ripping walls down and and just doing all the demo ourselves we pretty much built everything in there we could on our own in just over a year it was november 22nd 19 when our lounge opened wow. um, we did actually have product in cans the summer of uh 19 though uh, because we received all our brewing equipment and got the production space up and running uh, before the lounge was ready to open you know it's a, still a nice brew house don't get me wrong it's a nice space but you know you got to put a little bit more fit and finish into the uh, into the lounge where people are hanging out so it just took a little longer for us to get that all buttoned up yeah uh dan if i could ask a follow-up question it is the main mm. one i have uh can you dumb it down for me and explain <laughs> How the hell you have so many skews at once? Um, it, is, it is appalling. Like I would love, I plan one day to visit once I'm able to your, your spot and hopefully meet Please. you in person. But I need to know like how many uh, vats, how many things yeah. you have in that place? We are, we're pushing, we're not, well, we're pushing the limits of it when it comes to storage and our ability to really sell through it all as a new brewery so we we could make more beer to be honest with you that's the crazy thing we oh have our yeah because <laughs> our, our brewery our brewers are basically brewing once you know maybe twice a week in the in, in the actual busiest time uh and really our biggest bottleneck right now and, and no pun intended is is packaging uh we have to hire out uh we use uh, vessel packaging they're they're national so there's vessel pa packaging west vessel they're just mobile guys come bring their their canning line on deck right so our brew house is a 2000 liter or 20 hectoliter uh, brew house. And then our tanks, we have four 40 heck ferments and three 40 heck brights. So we're able to, you know, fill those four uh, fermenters up. Once the beer is ready to get transferred into the bright tanks, they clear up and get ready. So we're usually packaging between two or three uh, bright tanks uh, each time vessel comes. And again, like I said, it's really on them, uh, which is kind of on us too, because we could look at other ways, but we like them. They do good work. Uh, but our space, when you see it, when you come visit, uh, Jordan, it's it's pretty tiny in the back. Um, they set up, they fill up the remaining area in that brew space with the canning line. So we don't have the uh, space to put our own at this point. Uh, that's a, a medium to long-term goal, but does does require some uh, yeah. some fun finagling of a building that's next door to us, which actually we yeah. do have uh, access to. It's our mainly our cold storage right now. So oh, for wow. canning, is that, does it come down to space because... Something we see a lot in in Winnipeg, and I've I really noticed is like a lot of uh, breweries or, or craft breweries can't handle canning, just like space wise or logistics wise. It is does seem to be a big challenge. So is is that yeah. something that's like 
something maybe people would think is easy, but it's, it's really not. Well, yeah, it's a whole lot of things to it, right? If you own your own canning line or any packaging line for that matter, whether, whether you're bottling and or canning, uh, you need to do it right or else you're just wasting your time and beer because you're going to get uh, dissolved oxygen, you know, and higher the DO inside a, a package, the, the, the shorter that shelf life is. So, right. you know, this kind of rewinds a little bit to your question and then how are we able to do so many beers? We're fortunate. Vessel does a great job and I don't work for them or have any investments, but I will pump up <laughs> their tires. They do really good work. DO is, is top, top, top notch. Like we're, it's super low. So our beer is super self shelf stable and actually can last a fairly long time. And, you know, so we're, we can crank out lots of beer and then still hold on to it. You want storage. That's one of the other biggest bottlenecks that a lot, oh, every brewery, not even a lot of, almost every brewery I would say runs into problems with is where do you store that beer? You know, right. and so if it's not being stored cold, your shelf life is it's cold in Winnipeg. I mean, you, you could just send it to my house. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I could probably oh, take care of it. Oh, Matt, Matt, before you, you came onto the Zoom, Dan was saying it's a little, it's been a little bit colder in Vancouver. I almost yeah. ended the Zoom meeting right there. I yeah. wasn't going to handle what that. What is it? What is it? Minus two? No, no. I mean, it, it got up to seven today during the oh, day and, and oh. it has gone down to minus Poor one, you. I think. Poor you. Oh. Yeah. Oh. How could they possibly ship us all our packages in such terrible weather that we're waiting yeah. for in the middle of the country? Yeah. Um, yeah Bison does a good job. I don't know how, man. They uh, they get you get you beer, though. Pallets at a time. It's awesome. Bison. Wait, who? Sorry, who did you, did you say? Did you say Bison? Yeah, Bison. Bison That's Transport. That's James's here. company. I work there for Bison go. Transport. So there we go. That's awesome. There you go. They Great are. people. Oh, so it's James's yeah. fault. Fuck, man. Figure it out. Hey, blame the Coca-Cola. That's the that's the big issue right now. 100%. Back online now for everybody, I think. I think it was, God, it was, it was pre-pandemic. It was about four or five years ago. I drove out, hang on, never eat soggy, out west to <laughs> oh uh, BC to visit my wife's, uh, my wife's friend. And she lives in Kelowna. And while we were there, I mean, Kelowna is relatively small compared to Vancouver. I looked up the, the population about six times smaller, but there was in walking distance, there was one street that had about 12 breweries on it and we yep. walked it and best time I had when I was out there. I mean, I don't really remember getting back to the, the house, but compared to Kelowna is Vancouver, just that just with a shot of steroids is just crazy. The amount of breweries that you can find. Yeah. There. It's nuts. Like I'm most familiar with our very core area. Um, we're, we're part of actually a co-op called the yeast van brewing co-op or something along those lines. Quick Google, you can figure that one out. Yeah. Yeast van. We're in East (laughs) Vancouver. So, you know, they figured that one out. Uh, We're 18 members and, uh, two of which are distilleries, which is pretty cool. Um, so yeah, they all have every region of the lower mainland has that. There's actually an app called the BC ale trail which depending on where you're located, you just pull it up and it's got location awareness and it'll say there's a trail here and there's, they're everywhere. It's insane. There's, there's breweries out in hope right now, which is so far from, from yeah. the lower mainland, really. Uh, you know, the, the Langley Abbotsford area has got a, a good half dozen or more. Now uh, you go even East or excuse me, East uh, North right now. And there's, there's a bunch blowing up there. Um, so yeah, it, 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 you know, Kelowna six times smaller. I don't know that there's, six times as many in Vancouver proper, but definitely in the, the lower mainland, we're probably up in e- easily into the, the 60s or 70s. It's crazy. Wow. I can't keep track of them. And they're all, you know, we get emails, new member of the guild. I'm like, does it kind of have that a bit of like a community feel to the breweries? Like I know in Winnipeg, it is way smaller, but it does have that, like everybody's kind of helping each other out, rooting for everybody. Everybody's hoping everybody has success. 
is it like that in Vancouver? Is it maybe a little more competitive depending where you go? No, you know, it's a great question. And, and you'd be shocked, I think, by the answer, uh, even though there are so many and it's competitive in shelf space, we do still work collaboratively. You know, it's uh, even at the macro level of the you know province wide, we have a BC Brewers Guild. We work together to, to push the same things forward. You know, most recently, obviously working together to, to try and make sure that the governments don't forget about us because we're, you know, we're an essential service. We have been for the last two years. So we've never really been fully closed. Um, but our bread and bunny, butter, you know, is, is, is our lounges. That's where the margins are. So yeah. when they're closed, we're essentially closed, but we, they don't treat us that way. So, you know, the guild's working on that uh, amongst so many other things. And, uh, you know, that's just an example from the top down. Back to our co-op, our little yeast band group. We, you know, we have parties where we're all bringing beer from each of our, uh, our you know, our, our production spaces to have one event that's really trying to help people realize that there is this area you can come visit and, and tour around just like you did in Kelowna where you walk those 12 streets you can easily hit all 18 it's a challenge uh you can do it <laughs> but there's there's multiple of these trails as I mentioned where again there's a good handful or more that you can easily have an entire weekend dedicated to just one of those regions for sure I I've I've mentally again I guys I'm telling you we have to do that this summer. Yes. We can figure it out. Um, Dan, I, I had a question for you. Um, again, I think a lot of this I want to kind of relate to what's happening in Winnipeg, but I, I, I appreciate sure. your your expertise and your, your thought on this. We're slowly seeing here uh, the idea of a lounge becoming more than a lounge. So uh, breweries trying to integrate food into their, into their, their mm. offerings. Um, and I was just wanted your take on, on that. Like, do you see the future being, you know, brewers having to dive into food to, to kind of widen their audience or, or how do you see food being a part of a brewery's future in a way? Yeah. I've never looked at it that way, uh, to be honest with you. So it's interesting to, to think of it from that angle. I've looked at it, unfortunately, I, you could say, unfortunately, um, from a legality standpoint here in BC anyway, we have to offer some sort of food. You have to have something, right? So when we first got going, we said, hey, we have to offer something. Everyone offers meat sticks and chips. You know, let's do something a bit better. We built a very tiny little kitchen. It's essentially a preparation kitchen, toaster oven and an induction burner kind of thing. But we able to put together a pretty good menu. Um, Once we kind of got shuttered from COVID, we, we did nix that. Uh, and look at uh, an alternative, which is now we have a resident food truck. So it's a separate business. It's not ours. And these folks put together awesome food uh, and their their truck's just there all the time. We, we, in between that, we, you know, like everyone does, we called on other food trucks, but they're a little bit challenging to, to work with. I'll put it to you that way in some cases. And it's really has to do more with, they need to make sure they're going to make money. Right. So the weather looks crappy. They may not show up. Well, people are still probably coming to drink. And it's really unfortunate if we'd only have our snacks program at that point. So having these folks signed up now with us, uh, it's really helpful. Um, you guys won't know some of these names, but they're, they're former meat and bread, which is an amazing restaurant group out here, former meat and bread people. So, you know, they came together and put together this, uh, this truck, which is they're from Toronto. So they, they brought the chicken Parmesan oh. sandwich, which is a big Toronto staple. And uh, oh, they're so good with these <laughs> Parmesan Italian fries. They're called Birdie, spelled B-U-R-D-Y, eatbirdie.ca. Check them out and, uh, and get hungry. Yeah, and no come visit. So I think it's, I didn't really answer the question, but I think that food is definitely becoming important. You know, if you have a good food offering, people are more likely to come to you for maybe the start or finish of their day and, and hopefully stick around a little longer, get a couple extra beers. And, and the more beers that they, you know, they purchase at our joint, the better. And 
Um, you know, so definitely you look around at some of the places in our, in our co-op that offer really good food programs. I think earlier when we were warming up, you had mentioned Superflex. They've got a great food program going on there. And so it definitely is a draw for people. You know, if you've got good food, you're going to come. If you know that someone's only got meat sticks and chips, you're like, ah, I might just stop in for one beer there and figure out your road yeah, it's that about way. Keeping people in. Okay. I, I have a yeah. question. We were, we, we mentioned all the beers that you guys are producing. I'm going to make you choose your mm-hmm. favorite child. Um, <laughs> gun, gun to your head. Which one are you grabbing of the, I think what 22 you have on yeah. your website right now? I think we, 22 yeah. at the queue here. Like, yeah, we yeah we produced a number. Um, it's going to be forty footer, pretty much hands down. Um, ironically, I think that was the first beer that you guys. Uh, I mean, you said it was three and a half or whatever. <laughs> we go, James. We go, James. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the so wrong guy it, reviewed it. That's uh, why the wrong guy reviewed. If I, I don't know about yeah. that. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> one of those guys. It's like I don't like sours. I, you know, I'm going to give this sour I bought one out of five. Like, why'd you buy a sour? If you don't like sours. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm drinking. I'm drinking the Hallmark right now. And oh, nice. it's, yeah, that's one of those ones where you pound back four of those and <laughs> I mean, all of a sudden it's like, whoa, where'd those go? Oh no. Yeah. Cause it's so easy to drink. So, um, I've yeah. had, I think two of your beers, I got like six more in the fridge awesome. and they're all super easy to drink, which I think is, uh, really what you want. And you, you mentioned like trying to bring people in and keep people mm-hmm. there with the food. Your beer is easy to drink. I feel like that's going to help you too, right? Definitely. Thank you. No, I appreciate that. And I always laugh. I take the compliments, but really it's uh, David, our <laughs> head brewer that, uh, that does all the heavy lifting and making those beers delicious. But, you know, he has definitely taken some of our ethos, if you will, from way back when I was saying our goal was to always bring beers that are still craft, not just all generic basic beers. We want to still have the, the full gamut. You know, I'm, I'm dripping, drinking our Belgian triple. I mean, that's a craft beer, right? Like it's not something that's necessarily you know, Joe Schmo is going to go and pick off the shelf. You kind of know what that is, but yeah. at the same time, it's easy enough to drink that we want someone to come into the, the lounge and, and try it and, and hopefully like it, you know, but I think one of my favorite stories is the goalie on my hockey team. He hated craft beer. I always had to bring Miller for him and I'd have like something, something else for the rest of us. <laughs> and uh, he is now flipped over. He exclusively drinks container and he drinks them all, everything from our new England double IPAs through to, the loggers, of course, in the middle and, and, and anything else. He loves it all, which is great. So I got to ask about Seawise um, yeah. Giant. Um, <laughs> yeah. I looked it up. I, I, it's a very large container ship. I, 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 and I would say this is a beast of a beer. Um, what were some of the inspirations behind that beer? Because I, I got to say, um, and I'm not just saying this because you're on our podcast right now, but that, <laughs> this is one of my favorite Imperial Stouts I've ever had in terms of drinkability. Um the way that you mask the 11.2 ABV um, is very dangerous, but very good. So I, I got to know more about this beer. Oh, I wish I could tell you a lot more because I don't know a ton. As I said, I didn't do the brew itself, but you know, the, that one actually, the first original CY. So we brewed it three times. You've got V3 there. We do it once a year. Uh, V1 was by our founding brewer, Tim. And uh, yeah, he's just, he's, he's a wizard. He comes up with really interesting things. It was, a full day's brew through the system twice, but it actually only yielded slightly over 20 hectoliters, right? So that's how we got such a thick, delicious malt backed, you know, wort out of that. So um, hopefully you understand a little bit of that. You know, I, I know I think you were joking earlier about what's, uh, what's how many bats do you have? But anyway, with that, he just, he's like, let's keep it simple. It's really just got the core four ingredients are in the beer 
and it's rested on cacao nibs. Yeah, that's it. So it's not like they're blended into it or anything like that. It just get a little bit of an essence from it. And I love seeing people when they post and untap that beer and that what they're getting their flavor notes out of it. It's also interesting to see how it changes over time because when it's first released, you know, it's still pretty smooth, but it's definitely a little bit more alcohol forward. Right. Um, this beer was released, I think it was November. So it's, you know, it's been a couple months sitting in the can and I, I've had one, you know, every month or so and, and can definitely notice it changing. Yeah. I'm excited too. We've kept back around a hundred cans of every iteration and we're going to issue a lounge only uh, four pack vertical That's next awesome. or later this year, I guess it would be when we release V4. So that'll be pretty fun. So you can taste awesome. what V1, 2, 3, and 4 taste like. And I've been tasting my own cellared stash to make sure, of course, that they're not going anywhere. And again, back to Vessel, doing a great job. V1, <laughs> few years old, you know, it's still tasting great. Who comes up with the, the names for the beers? Is that just the brewer or is it like a collective thing? It started out very collective. Um, you know, just, we had the time. <laughs> it was part of yeah. it. Uh, it was really Terry, myself, uh, Tim, and our, our creative director, Brendan, the four of us would sit down and have a good time. We definitely did that for our first big batch of beers. And, uh, you know, like 10 beers are going to come out in the next couple of months. Let's come up with all the names. Since then, we've been very fortunate. David, our, our now head brewer, uh, he's a very creative guy, uh, both in brewing, which is obviously very important, coming up with awesome recipes. But he's, uh, he's a former, you know, graphics designer guy. And has that creative mind from other angles too. So he's always coming up with names. He's like, this is the name for this next beer. We've got a broken compass is the next West coast IPA will be coming out in a few months. Depravity, dark uh, chocolate Porter coming out uh, in a couple awesome of Awesome name. <laughs> yeah. You know, like he just comes up with these names out of nowhere. Like that's amazing. And he's smart too. Like uh, we have an Irish red ale coming out, which uh, it, Madra Rua is loosely means red Fox. Um, so it's like, that's awesome. I don't know where he comes up with these things. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you could send those out uh, yeah. more to the central area, that'd be great. Yeah. I'm and, and them out. Dan, Matt's yeah. too modest to say this, but if you like someone who writes down their exact thoughts on Untapped, Matt writes a soliloquy yeah. every time. Excellent. So, Excellent. Kind of so go poet. ahead and give him a follow. The rest but of like us not. just try to like get everything in the app, but Matt really puts, <laughs> Matt does write himself a little novel. It's, puts his soul, puts his soul yeah. into it. A little it. short story. <laughs> Love it. Oh, stop guys. Stop. I do though. But <laughs> I'll look you up. I'll find it. But uh, Dan, no, we appreciate you. Uh, I guess meeting up with us over zoom and uh, totally. taking the time to talk to us. We're, this is, this is great. You know what? I'm going to say it top five interview easily. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh yeah. He jumped up, jumped five. up. And it helps that you have a really nice beard. I appreciate well, that. Thank you. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we appreciate it. And hopefully we see some more stuff coming, uh, coming our way from, uh, from you guys. And uh, yeah. we're probably going to make a big merch order as soon as possible. Love it. I love the merch. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. I know there will be a pretty good order coming up in the next uh, probably a few weeks that hopefully should land within a month. We're just, like I said, waiting on a couple of those beers to get packaged up that we've just brewed. And uh, I mean, one of them actually we do already have, but it's kind of sitting back is this is actually a, doesn't have our branding. So it's a little hidden, but you can see the same kind of grid pattern. Ooh, yeah, this yeah. is what's called passion project. And it's a uh, hazy IPA 60 mm. oh, on the ABB. It's a, it's, it's based off of uh, one of our other beers. And then we added passion fruit juice to it. So it's just delicious slammer. Oh my! And God. it's a fundraising. So it's a uh, <laughs> Vancouver mural fest is who oh, we cool. did the, uh, the beer for and basically proceeds going to them, helping them and their artists out. And uh, in every four pack, the art is actually from the murals around the neighborhood. 
uh, they got four of them to, awesome. uh, to commit to that. And one of them's actually on our building. So when you do guys, uh, you guys do come visit, you'll see that one. Absolutely. Yeah. This summer, guys. This summer. <laughs> Let's do it. Would love to. <laughs> Make it happen. Try right, bring, back. I might have to bring my kids, though. Uh, you know. okay uh, i'm not going kids friendly. <laughs> we'll go another week uh, all right well uh thanks again dan and uh hopefully we welcome. can have you back sometime soon and uh just pick your brain a little bit more for sure i'd love it sounds good guys thanks very much this is dangerous JR. this is real dangerous hey guys guess what we're super we're super back uh dan's again, great what a great, great guy he's great beard great guy great really beard that's what i said Oh, I thought you said beer. Sorry. I heard that too. Well. He's got that too. He's got both. Great. Uh, so we appreciate him uh, stopping by in our Zoom to uh, talk with us about some beer in BC. We have all agreed that we need to get out there and we need to uh, have some beer in BC. Right now. But we have some beers right now. Right now. <laughs> right so now. It is beer review time. And uh, who's paying attention? Matt's writing something. Jordan, Jordan, you go first. I put my hand up because I'm excited. <laughs> um, all right. So speaking of container uh spoiler alert we're doing this on monday um i thought we were going to be doing the review on sunday night uh but the bills game came up understandable so this is now my sixth container brewing beer i've had in the last uh 24 hours so i started going through my original plan was to review the doppelbach as you know i'm a doppel guy um but then I drank that. So I said, well, what can I do instead? And lo and behold, in my basement, I had a Belgian triple, the tapestry. Um, I, first of all, one thing I noticed, it's can conditioned. Now, it's basically suitable for aging. That's what this means. You so didn't if you notice that. He told you that. I know that, but I didn't know what it meant. Uh. <laughs> he didn't. I don't know if Dan explained, like, why can condition is good. He just said that it is. It's like why having like a V8 is good. Like we know it's good, but there's multiple things a V8 can do that's good. Someone might have to explain it to you. The drink or the engine? Both. Sure. Good for your gut health, not the engine. Hey, guys, keep it clean, eh? We want to keep this quick. Jordan said that before we did this. It is. It's being, it's it's clean, okay? (laughs) I'm I'm hitting the big questions, Pat. Thank you. Fucking relax. (laughs) So a Belgian triple, um... I think if you're in Winnipeg, I think the Belgian triple you're going to think of right away is not such. I think they're really the only ones who make one on a regular basis. Fantastic beer, but the Belgian triple non such makes is quite heavy. It's a, it's an aggressive beer. It's not one that you're going to, I wouldn't call it like an introductory Belgian triple. So you kind of got to be like a veteran of the beer game. Uh, I think, you know, where I'm heading with this, Matt, please talk through the sip. Tapestry. That's like carpets and stuff. It's a great name. The can's cool. Um, but I will say can conditioned. I all he sort of explained it, but I think it just means they like leave it in the vats for longer to like age it, is what I got from it. Anyway, so, so if you look on the can, it says that the can is suitable for aging. So Matt's wrong. Um, all right. So basically, what I would say from here. Is this is I think we yeah, talked talk a lot about the sip so I could put you in a body That's bag. like the first time I've made fun <laughs> know, of you in all is, of it these. It is. I appreciate um, that, Jordan. I will say this about the beer. I don't say this disparagingly, or I say this truthfully. Um, I've never found an introductory Belgian triple. A Belgian triple where if I had someone who was drinking like normal beers, maybe like darker beers, started to go, you know, I like an English brown ale, and I heard that. 
I would say, okay, your next level up is a Belgian triple, right? This is the something that I would say, if you want to go from an English brown ale to a Belgian triple, this is right in that wheelhouse. The flavors aren't overpowering, but they're subtle and they're very delicious. The alcohol content, not overpowering, but a really solid, like 7%, you're starting to hit higher ABVs. Um, so for me, like, I, this is like a sessionable triple, um, which is wonderful. Like I haven't really had one of those and I quite like it. Um, I'm going to take one more sip. James, can you please talk through this final deciding sip? Um, I think we got tapestry wrong earlier. Uh, I'm trying to find the definition of it. Yeah. That's not, that's not what tapestry is. It's like a rug you hang on the wall. Well, then we're right. Then we're good here. Oh, good job, Matt. Matt my, pulled it my out. My accusation the was incorrect. Sorry. And James made me laugh, so I spilled. I spilled the beer on my chest. I know my <laughs> medieval art. Okay. Long story short, um, I'm gonna give this. I'm gonna give it. I'm teetering, but I think it deserves it. Dan was amazing. Uh, four out of five. This is gonna get. This is gonna hit wow. that upper echelon. I do really enjoy it. I think this is a beer you could have either one of or multiple of. I love the versatility. So four out of five. King of the Ring on Untapped. The Belgian triple, um, pretty on par. I think almost everything I've given has been mid threes or higher, which for me is a um, upper mid to top tier score. So, um, and that was before meeting Dan. So no Dan bias and Dan alone is worth like 0.25 to 0.5 of an increase for me, which is high. Um, so I'm going to pass this to once again, the only person not on his phone, Pat Gagne. Thank you. Uh, so I grabbed a, uh, from Good Neighbor Brewing Company, always a big fan of their work, uh, French Blanche, 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 no, it's got an Ericsson Grave. Yeah, you're has, a Francophone It has here. star it? anus in it. It does. It has, it's with mandarin orange and star, star, anise. And star anise. Oh. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> But the, the fact, when I crack it open, I do take a sip. The Banner and Orange is the star of this beer, and it is quite delightful. No. Oh, okay. Thank you. No, no, no. The star of the beer is the star, Anise. <sighs> so they are, uh, it is their take on a classic wheat beer from Belgium or France and France. Uh, it is just really smooth tasting. It's, I think what Good Neighbor does really well is everything they put out is really smooth, really easy to drink. Uh, I, I like, honestly, Jordan's talking about an introductory triple. I think good neighbor is a really good beer in general, just to be introductory to craft beer. Uh, it doesn't, nothing really punches you hard in the face. Like that's, you don't get the high ABVs, which is fine. I'm not bashing it. I think that's good. Sometimes you just want to sit on your patio and sip on a craft beer that has good flavor is easy to drink. And you can have two, three of them and still go about your day. And I think this is one of those beers. I really enjoy this. It's 5%. Uh, I, the one thing I didn't do is I didn't gently roll it before pouring. Uh, so, you know, my bad. Uh, Matt, do you feel like not to, sorry, but like, do you feel like, like if there's instructions like that, they're always too small on the can. This wasn't small. I just, I, I just didn't read it. Oh, okay. Cause I feel this like is... every time I like <laughs> finish drinking it and then I'm glancing at the can and it's like, uh, slightly turn upside down to shake the filament loose. And I'm like, well, I didn't, I didn't see that till it was way too late. This is totally on me. I just didn't read the can. I just was, <laughs> wanted a beer and just enough. cracked it open and went for it. <laughs> uh, this is a really, this is really good. I would, I would definitely buy this again. Uh, I, I'm really enjoying it. I'm sad that it's over and it's gone, 
Um, so the French bl- uh, the French Blanche from Good Neighbor. I'm gonna give us a pretty solid score. I think it's a 3.75 on a tap. Wow. You can follow me at Pat Gagne. I will check it in. I have been doing better at that lately. Um, so yeah, uh, pick it up, give it a try. Like anything Good Neighbor puts out. I mean, they're they're starting up a, their own restaurant, I believe now too, right? Is it there? Uh, yeah, uh, yes. Yeah, it's a right? collaboration. Yeah, it's, it's a collaboration. collaboration. But, sorry, yeah. I thought that was a rhetorical question. Pat, Pat halted and it gave me. Oh, I'm sorry. Threw off the alarm bells. <laughs> so yeah, I've, I've, I just I look forward to anything they put out. I uh, I've tried pretty much everything they put out and I've enjoyed it all. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna throw it to uh, young James Craig. All right. So we are doing this fully live. I haven't opened it yet. Oh, um, oh I love it. I love open it, it near the open it near the microphone. I will. I will do that. Thank I you. have metalhead. Double India Pale Ale from Nickel Brook Brewing. Nickel Brook. Brook. That's what I said, right? What's it, it called, James? That was the Metal other big shipment from the queue this okay. week. It was Container and Them. Tons of beers. Yeah. And um, I was just going to say, I know we just did an interview with Container. I think their can art is is spectacular. I got to give Nickel Brook here. Uh, kudos. Their can art is really good. I've had a couple yeah, of other beers good. this weekend um the can art's really good like this one alone on this this can particularly i mean that's a good tattoo if you want to get one um so yeah let's try this one out live it's an 8.5 abv so james while you're opening it um is the king that's a king of hearts with us like as a skeleton yes that's the most badass thing i've ever seen in my life not a visual (laughs) podcast so go and pick it up so you can see it yourself and it's got the little barley hops as the heart. Oh, mm. that thing's kicked. That's one of the better cans I've seen in my life. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So, yeah, 8.5%. Let's give it a sip here quickly. And I believe I've had this one, and I believe I rated it quite high. I'm going to look it up in a second. So right off the top, I will say very smooth double IPA. Um, doesn't have that strong, bitter finish that some double IPAs usually have, um, which would then make it sessionable in my mind. If you're going to combine that with an 8.5 ABV, you're going to now have a very dangerous beer. Um, one that resonates with the bulk of us for sure. Um, I like it. It's good. You, you can definitely taste uh, the citra hops and the galaxy hops in this one. Um, it's got a Pilsner malt to it. So that I would assume that's probably what's mellowing it out a little bit. Um, I really like this one. Hoppy tropical royalty is the description on this one um i you would have to royal? agree with that one what's that you feel royal you feel royal, I feel royal right now i might i might stick my pinky out on this sip alone king of the north end james craig king of the north just the king of the north uh nickel brook this is uh this is a solid beer i like i like it i i've had a couple other beers this weekend and i haven't had one that i didn't like um i would say 8.5 sessionable Definitely hits the notes that you're looking for in a double IPA. Uh, it would give some of our local double IPAs a run for their money here. Wink, wink. Um, <laughs> I'm going to give this one a four out of five. This is a solid beer. It's a pretty good beer. I think, Matt, you've had this one? Yes, I have. Yeah. What do you think of it? I thought it was good. Uh, I didn't give it as high a score as you, but I, I thought it was good. It just it wasn't, wasn't in my upper echelon of double IPAs. That's fair. That's fair. No, I, I think it's good. I think it, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just a good solid beer. I, it's crazy to see what the craft brewing community has come up with in the last few years, and it's become pretty consistent across the board. Um, so with that being said, toss it over to you, Matt. Thanks, James. Um, 
so before I begin, uh, you can uh, check out everybody's reviews at King of the Ring at uh, what's yours, James? JC Sizzle. Don't, JC don't Sizzle bother. And at, uh, I said mine. Um, I said mine. You said yours. I okay. also said mine. I uh, am going to review uh, the newest fodder from, uh, well, newer fodder from Half Pints, the Dead Ringer Belgian style IPA. Um, now, I find it interesting because there's another brewery in the city that came out and it's become a corpore, I believe, with their Belgian IPA. Uh, that's a little brown jug. Jordan? Pretty good. Wanna, yeah. You don't want to. Oh, I mean, that's an old. That's a callback. That's a callback. <laughs> Matt, relax. Listen, <laughs> that's an old joke that we don't make no more on this show. I mean, there was a time many moons ago where we would just be rushing for gold. We'd be we'd be heading on down to the saloon to have ourselves a little brown what, jug. What's what's an amber ale? That's what's a an amber ale. A little, all of a sudden, little brown jug has stepped out of the medieval or uh, the the wild west and decided to start making different beers. Now, barely. They barely even made enough to make a four pack, but I will say this every time they make something, fuck, it's is good. it good. So, uh, good? I picked up Dead Ringer thinking, okay, I have I have something to compare it to, uh, something local to kind of compare it to. And let me tell you, Half Pints, Half Pints doesn't really make, I mean, other than that cherry barn balsamic stuff that I, I just couldn't oh, do, that was tough. Uh, like everything you grab from Half Pints is it, it's going to be solid. It's going to be well-crafted. It's going to be of high quality. This thing, uh, it's hoppy. Um, it's strong. It's got, it's got notes of like boozy. Uh, it's got a boozy quality to it. Um, but you get the citrusy. What I love about Belgian IPAs is you still get that Belgian spiciness. You get some cloves. You get um, just it's a very distinct taste. It's, it's, it's a different taste. And I can understand how some people would be like, well, it's not, it's not for me, but I enjoy it. Maybe not drinking multiples in a night, but you know, to, to throw it into a rotation. I really like the Belgian style. Pat has frozen and it's weird. The hamster's Anyways, not spinning fast enough uh, on his, uh, on his, on the internet wheel. Follow me at on a tap that gun you Matt. Um, another high score. I think we all gave high scores this week. Uh, 3.75. So um, to recap, uh, Jordan, did you want you wanted it? I got it. Okay, you get you, you got to recap. You got to recap. Though, I know, right? I know. I every time Pat goes down, I am the I am the default savior. So I am ready. Um, Jordan went first. He had I can't I can't remember my own beer. He had the Belgian triple from Container. He gave it a four out of five. I believe Pat went second. He yep. had the French Blanche, Blanche, yeah. Blanche something. There's star anise in it. Uh, he gave From it a good pretty neighbor. good score that I can't remember exactly. He gave it a 3.75. Great. James went third. He gave uh, one of the coolest cans I've ever seen from Metalhead. Um, the King with the, the barley in it, the Skeleton King. I believe he gave that a four out of five. And then Matt... Uh, went last. He had the dead ringer from Half Pines, if I remember right. Correct. And Matt, what score did you give it? I gave it a three point seven five. Great. And oh, I'm good. I got that. One. 
No, no, Pat, Pat, please just. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. Pat, if you don't mind. Some of us with good internet are trying to finish the podcast. <laughs> We've got it. Pat. Um, Jordan, Jordan, I appreciate you doing this. I'm going to end this just like Pat does. I'm going to do all this. I'm going to say a bunch of stuff and then say barely standing so quietly. You can barely hear it over the music. Um, everybody follow us on whatever social medias you have. Um, also not, Badger not, James, because he has a TikTok for the for the podcast that he's not making TikToks for. Matt does something, Pat does something, I do all the editing, and James just shows up with barely any thought put into his drafts, wins, and then doesn't do the TikTok. So badger him if you want James to start making TikToks. I think it'll be hey, very entertaining. It's Beyond wonderful. that. Give us a, a like on if you have to, if it's a like button or a subscribe, if there's still a subscribe button, do five stars and join us next week for another episode of Barely Stay.